Good morning, and welcome to Simply CRE. It's Sunday, February 4th. On today's show, dark days are coming for U.S. commercial real estate and the banks holding the loans, while Carrie Kohler shares tips on raising the value of commercial real estate in Chicago. Plus, a retired assessor sheds light on undervalued commercial properties. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply CRE. We start off with a look at the banking sector in the U.S., which has been rattled by a series of events this week. New York Community Bancorp cut its dividend due to higher capital rules and commercial strain. A Japanese bank reported unexpected losses on U.S. commercial real estate, and Deutsche Bank highlighted losses on the same. These headlines have caused U.S. 10-year yields to drop 14 basis points over the week. Here to delve deeper into this situation is our correspondent, Celeste. Can you tell us more about the concerns in the banking sector? Certainly, David. The situation is reminiscent of the subprime crisis, as it's unclear how large the problem is, who is bearing the losses, and how it can be managed. The office real estate market is particularly affected due to the shift to remote work during the pandemic. High vacancies and tenants' ability to negotiate lower rents have led to significant impairments. So why haven't banks taken impairments yet? Banking rules require impairments to be taken once losses are reasonably foreseeable. However, it's still unclear how many workers will return to the office and how many companies will relocate, making it difficult to predict the extent of the losses. What are the estimates for these losses? Goldman Sachs estimates that $1.2 trillion of commercial mortgages are due to mature this year and next, which is about a quarter of all outstanding commercial mortgages and the highest level recorded since 2008. Other estimates put the maturity wall as high as $1.5 trillion. Banks hold the largest share of these mortgages at 40%. How does this compare to the subprime crisis? To put it in perspective, the entire size of the subprime U.S. mortgage market in 2007 was $1.3 trillion. Barry Sternlicht, CEO of Starwood Capital Group, stated that the office market is facing an existential crisis, with losses potentially reaching $1.2 trillion. What makes this situation particularly precarious? Two factors contribute to the precariousness of the situation. First, much of the losses are held by small or regional banks, which lack the capacity to absorb significant losses. Second, due to hold-to-maturity bond market losses, raising new capital is prohibitively expensive and in many cases impossible. After hearing from Simply CRE correspondent Celeste on the current banking concerns in the U.S., it's clear why the bond market reacted so quickly this week. Now, let's shift our focus to the commercial real estate market in Chicago, which is experiencing a downturn and realtors are looking for ways to increase the value of these properties. At the same time, there's a shortage of moderately priced homes in the city. Here to discuss these issues is our correspondent, Abby. So Abby, what's happening in the Chicago real estate market right now? David, the commercial real estate market in Chicago is indeed going through a rough patch. The value of these properties has taken a hit and realtors are looking for strategies to boost their value. On the residential side, there's a shortage of moderately priced homes 
which is affecting both buyers and sellers. What are some of the strategies that realtors can use to increase the value of commercial properties in Chicago? Realtors can focus on improving the physical aspects of the property, such as renovations and upgrades. They can also work on enhancing the property's visibility and appeal to potential buyers or tenants. Additionally, they can explore creative leasing strategies to attract and retain tenants. It's also important to stay updated with market trends and adjust pricing strategies accordingly. And what about the shortage of moderately priced homes? What does this mean for buyers and sellers in Chicago? The shortage of moderately priced homes means that buyers may have to stretch their budgets or compromise on their preferences. For sellers, it means they can potentially get a higher price for their property due to the increased demand. However, it's important for sellers to price their homes competitively to attract potential buyers. That's an interesting perspective. How are real estate groups responding to these challenges? Real estate groups like the Kohler Group at Coldwell Banker Realty are actively working to navigate these challenges. They're leveraging their expertise and resources to help clients make informed decisions, whether they're buying, selling, or investing in real estate. They're also focusing on providing personalized service to meet the unique needs of each client. Thanks for the update, Abby. From the real estate market in Chicago, let's now shift our focus to Osoyoos, BC, where residents were shocked by a massive 39% increase in property taxes and utility rates last year. This increase is now under review by the town council following public outcry. Michael, our correspondent for Simply CRE, is here to delve deeper into this issue. Can you explain Holloway's findings and their implications? Certainly, David. Holloway, who left BC Assessment in 2017 after 28 years of service, has been raising awareness about the drastic undervaluation of commercial properties in BC. He points to several examples in Osius, such as the Osius Beach Hotel, which sold for $13.9 million in 2023, but was assessed at $11.1 million in 2024. Another example is a vacant commercial lot on Main Street, listed at $1.9 million, but assessed at just $495,000 in 2024. Holloway argues that BC assessment does well with residential properties, but struggles with industrial, commercial, and investment properties. What does this undervaluation mean for the community's total tax burden? When commercial properties are undervalued, their owners pay less than their fair share of a community's total tax burden. This shifts the burden to other classes such as residential. For example, Osoyoos budgeted just $4.4 million in municipal property tax revenue for 2024, so every lot counts. Holloway believes the problem lies in the BC Assessment Act, which doesn't give assessors enough power to compel owners to comply with requests for information that can assist in the initial valuation process. So, what happens when a property owner appeals their assessment? It's only when a property owner goes through the formal appeal process and then appeals again to the BC Property Assessment Appeal Board that they're required to supply information that can help with valuation, such as rent records. Holloway suggests that land agents acting on behalf of major commercial property owners have wrapped up BC assessment in so many appeals that it's affecting the rest of the Crown Corporation's work. This has resulted in a flood of work for the BC Property Assessment Appeal Board, with 4,969 appeals in 2022, 
more than double the number a decade earlier. How has BC Assessment responded to these claims? BC Assessment's Deputy Assessor for the Southern Interior, Brian Warkenton, defended the agency's work. He stated that property assessments are updated each year to reflect real estate market conditions and that more than 98% of property owners consistently accept their property assessments without filing an appeal. However, Holloway argues that even 1% or 2% of over 2 million properties is still a significant number. What is Holloway's proposed solution to this issue? Holloway hopes his work will empower local governments to demand the BC government put more teeth into the BC Assessment Act to ensure commercial property owners are paying their fair share. He has compiled a wealth of information on his website, www.assessmentauditbc.ca, to support his cause. He believes that changing the legislation will level the playing field for everyone. That's a significant issue to keep an eye on. Thanks for that report, Michael. Speaking of significant issues, the impact of interest rate hikes by the U.S. Federal Reserve and other major central banks is starting to hit the commercial property sector and the banks that have loaned to this sector. This week, three banks on three different continents revealed significant losses due to their exposure to commercial property. Here with more on this is our correspondent from Simply CRE. Indeed, David. New York Community Bancorp, Tokyo-based Aozora Bank, and Swiss private bank Julius Baer all reported significant losses this week. NYCB's shares fell 38% after revealing tens of millions of dollars in losses on commercial property loans. Aozora Bank's shares fell by more than 20% after it announced that expected profits had turned into losses due to souring overseas real estate loans. Julius Baer took a $700 million hit from the failure of the Austrian property group Cigna. What's the common thread here? Why are these banks suffering losses now? The common factor here is the transition from near-zero interest rates for over a decade after the 2008 financial crisis to the rate hikes that started in 2022. This has hit the bank's bottom line, and it seems more problems are building up in the sector particularly for middle-sized banks. Can you give us more insight into the situation with New York Community Bancorp? Certainly. NYCB was one of the beneficiaries of the collapse of Signature Bank last year, taking it over at the height of the crisis. Its stock price soared, only to crash after it revealed $185 million in losses on just two property loans and had set aside more than $500 million to cover potential losses. This highlights the fragility of the stock market and the commercial property sector. What about the situation in Japan with Aozora Bank? Aozora Bank's situation exemplifies the deepening problems of the US commercial real estate market. Although overseas real estate loans accounted for only 6.6% of its total loans, the potential losses transformed an expected profit into a probable loss of the same magnitude. This led to a plunge in its stock price. What are the broader implications of this downturn in the commercial real estate market? The slump in commercial real estate and the problems it brings for banks is not just a normal downturn. It's another expression of the deep crisis that exploded in 2008, which created a financial system that now requires massive state support to keep functioning whenever it runs into problems. In commercial real estate, loans and property development projects have relied on the provision of ultra-cheap money. So, maintaining an interest rate above 5% for a period of time 
threatens major financial problems. What can we expect going forward? According to a Wall Street Journal report, some $2.2 trillion worth of US property loans are set to come due by 2027. Some banks are already giving short extensions to loans that were due in the past two years. Anne Walsh, the chief investment officer with Guggenheim Partners Investment Management, likened the situation to a rolling recession for banks that could drag on for some time. The risk is that it could develop into something more, with broader implications for macrofinancial stability. That was Simply CRE reporter James shedding light on the impact of interest rate hikes on the commercial property sector and the banks that have loaned to this sector. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply CRE. We'll see you back here tomorrow.